It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code BOOM to get $30 off your first month. That's BOOM. Talkspace.com slash BOOM. B-O-O-M. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com. Part of the Scout.com Network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. Thank you, as always, for listening, and I truly appreciate that. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and the Android app. And you really should check out the Lockdown Network, too, if you haven't done that. Lockdown NFL, Lockdown NFL Draft, and Lockdown Fantasy. Some really great information there. And please check out my website, PackerReport.com. I've been going through each of the free agents, and I put up a commentary last night on why the Packers made the right decision by retaining Dom Capers. And we're going to get into that in today's podcast as well. In fact, let's just do it right now, right? First of all, I think the, here's the biggest news of the day. So Mike McCarthy basically says that he's going to keep Dom Capers. He didn't quite go that far, but he made it pretty clear that Capers is coming back. So I put out a poll on Twitter. It was more for entertainment purposes. In fact, that's how I prefaced the tweet. It was for entertainment purposes only. And I thought this is going to be overwhelmingly anti-capers. I was wrong. So I, I think it just shows that the people on Twitter tend to be the very, very, very vocal minority at times. So with about 1,500 votes as I report this or record this, 63% of fans were ticked off. And 37% were happy. I left no middle ground on purpose. You're either for him or against him, and most of you are against him. But it wasn't quite as bad as I thought. 63 to 37% in the ticked-off camp. So what do you think? I'd be interested to get your take on that. You can email me at packwriter2002 at yahoo.com or at packreport on the old tweeter. Here's why I think, you know, I'm going to go back and I'm going to rehash some of my epic rant from after the game against Atlanta. To win championships, you need to throw the ball at a, at a pretty high level. And you need to stop the, stop the other team from throwing the ball at an extremely high level. This, is, this league is all about quarterbacks. And, um, you know, look at, look at Denver last year. Now, Denver's going to be the extreme here, but Denver won the Super Bowl last year with Peyton Manning as its quarterback. Peyton Manning wasn't any good. My God, they had Brock. They went with Brock Osweiler for a while, and they and they, they might have they might have ridden Osweiler to the Super Bowl had Osweiler not gone in the tank. Manning was a non-factor, and yet they won the Super Bowl. Why? Because they had all-world pass defense. Now that defense is a once-in-a ten-year sort of thing. Maybe even longer. That was that was all time great. But nonetheless, the teams that win championships are teams that stop the other team from throwing the football. 
And, you know, as I mentioned in that podcast and as I wrote in my commentary last night, here's what the Packers would have had to do to win the Super Bowl. They would have had to beaten the Giants with Eli Manning, a two-time champion. They had to beaten Dallas with Dak Prescott, who was, I think, fourth in pass running because his running game is so good. So you have to play good pass defense against them because they don't allow you the opportunity to double-team guys and, and just sit back and play pass. Then he had to beat the MVP, Matt Ryan. And then he would have had to beaten, what, four-time Super Bowl champion Tom Brady? You have to play pass defense in this league. You have to be able to do that. And how are you going to play pass defense with that group of cornerbacks? Again, I just, I'm, I'm going to apologize here. I went over this the other day, but in case you didn't listen to that podcast, I'm going to hit on this again. It's not Dom Caper's fault. That Sam Shields had a concussion and his season's over and probably his career might be over too. Not his fault. It's not his fault that Demarius Randall missed six games with groin surgery and was on an injury report with feet and shoulders and ankles. Or as someone on Twitter joked, head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Not quite accurate, but funny enough for this conversation. Um, and... Quentin Rollins missed three games with a groin injury and played through it for a little while longer and wasn't the same guy either. So Sam Shields wasn't there. Damaris Randall had a, had a, I don't know about really good about rookie year, but pretty darn good rookie year. He was never himself and played terrible. And Quentin Rollins, who I never really got a good feel for. I, I, I liked his upside. I thought he had a chance to be really good because I liked his tackling. Well, he was, look, Mike McCarthy counts on these guys to take the year one to year two jump. In fact, I, I asked him about the cornerbacks here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go fish out that quote before I go back into the capers thing. All right, here's McCarthy from his season-ending press conference on Thursday. I think when you look at the young men that you just referred to, they did a lot of good things in their first year. We have a long history here in the last 11 years of first-year players making a big jump in their second year. So you have to factor that into those types of decisions. And both those guys, both Randall and Q Rollins, had multiple injuries to deal with. It was, it was, a, it was a tough go at the cornerback position. I thought Joe Witt, that's the cornerback's coach, I thought Joe Witt did a tremendous job getting those guys ready. We just really never had any consistency as far as who we were playing with in multiple weeks. And that's to, what, and that's to me... What it boils down to, the quarterback play was terrible. Now, I don't, again, I've I've said this a hundred times in this podcast now, maybe Randall Rollins will be next year's Devontae Adams where a guy who had a bad second year and so many of you wanted Devontae Adams benched last year and you wanted him cut coming out of training camp. I've got got email after email after email and mentioned on Twitter again and again and again and again and again that the Packers should keep Janice and Ad or Janice and Janice and Aberderis. Easy for me to say. The Packers should keep Janice and Aberderis and cut Devontae Adams. How did that work out? Worked out pretty well. Adams got healthy and had a great year. And then that's obviously the hope for the Packers as Randall Randall and Rollins will get healthy in the big jumps they're supposed to make in year two. But then because of injuries, they'll make in year three. With that said, I had a really good feeling Adams would be fine. I don't know that about corner. So I thought Randall had a pretty good year, but he faded late. 
and Rollins didn't really play enough snaps. He played a bunch later in the year after um, I think Casey Hayward went down for a while. So he he put enough snaps. He, I mean, he didn't play many snaps until late in the year. I thought he played pretty well, but I, there was there wasn't a full season sample size there with with those guys or with with Rollins. But you know, back to Capers. How do you play pass defense if your corners stink? I don't know. You could have Vince Lombardi. You could have Bill Belichick, who will be hailed as the greatest coach ever during the next week and a half leading up to the Super Bowl. I don't think they could coax winning performances out of that group. And then, you know, Capers has said this a thousand times. The key to playing pass defense is having a good mix of pressure and coverage. Well, Clay Matthews missed four games early in the year, and then he had the shoulder injury. Nick Perry, who had, who had 11 sacks and played well at the club anyway, played with one hand down the stretch and including the playoffs. Julius Peppers is 36 and just turned 37. I mean, that's their pass rush. And ultimately, at the end of the day, their, their sack total is pretty nice looking. They had 40. And their sack rate, I think, is, was top 10 in sacks per passing play. So at the end of the day, the pressure, the, the sack number is fine, but I think it just masks the coverage or the uh, the consistency of the pressure. I, I thought I thought in a lot of respects it was all or nothing. They either got the sack or the quarterback had a month of Sundays. And look at the Atlanta game. I think I mean Clay had was given pressure or given credit for three quarterback hits in the game book, but I mean otherwise it was a wall against Matt Ryan. So you give Matt Ryan. All day to throw the ball against a bad secondary. And what in the hell do you think is going to happen? So, if you want to make the argument that the Packers should have gotten rid of Capers for a fresh voice and maybe some uh, fresh ideas, I will listen to you on that. And if that and if McCarthy would have cut ties with Capers on that, I, I would have been in agreement with that too. That would have been fine. But the base on performance, I think I think that's just wrong. Here, I'll give I'll give you two things here. Here's one. Here and here's one. The two back up my. It's the players. In 2015, the Carolina Panthers went to the Super Bowl. In terms of yards allowed per pass attempt, they allowed 5.77 and finished second in the NFL. So you go into this year, they don't have Josh. Josh Norman has, has, has signed with uh, Washington. So you lose your top guy. And one of your other top guys from 2015 was Benny Benwickery. Benwickery started almost every game, broke his leg late in the year. So he comes back this year, plays terribly, and he gets cut. So you don't, you don't now you don't, do you not have Josh Norman. But you've lost your nickel guy, who was pretty good. In 2016, they go to 7.01 yards per attempt in rank 22nd. So they fell 20 points or 20 places in the rankings and gave up about a yard and a quarter more per passing attempt. Now, did Ron Rivera, was Ron Rivera the, the Panthers coach? Was he really, really smart in 2015 and then he like fell out of bed and got really stupid in 2016? Or did he lose a really good cornerback? And to me, that's what it boils down to. Players win football games. Players win football games. 
And the Packers don't have players at corner. Maybe they will have them at corner. But I don't care about 2015, what, the, what they did. And I don't care about 2017 for what they may do. For 2016, that's all that matters. Those guys, were, whether they hurt, whether they were hurt or they just stink, the fact of the matter is the guy, they, they, their level of play stunk. And you can't win with bad cornerback play. Look at the Panthers. They went from the Super Bowl to out of the playoffs because they couldn't play pass defense without their top cornerback. I think it's as simple as that. And then, from a, from, from a lot of the um, blame capers crowd, I got this one on Twitter a lot, but in specifically, was it's not just this year, it's all the years. Look, look at their, passing, their defense has been battled most of the time. And look at 20, and one guy pointed to 2014 and 2015, the previous two years, where he didn't think Capers' defense was good. That's just wrong. I mean, you are, everybody out there is entitled to their own opinion. But you're not entitled to your own facts. In 2014, the Packers finished 13th in points allowed. Okay, it's not great, but 13th in points allowed with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. That's pretty good. You're going to win a lot of games. And in fact, they did win a lot of games. And stick with 2014, Dom Capers' defense had the Packers in the Super Bowl. He had five turnovers. Russell Wilson, even with the hot finish, had a pass rating of 44. Dom Capers' defense sent the Packers to the Super Bowl only for the Packers' offense and special teams to suck. All those turnovers, they had four turnovers in the first half and they had, what, 16 points? The offense couldn't, I mean, look, it's a Seattle defense and, and that has a lot to do with it, so don't get me wrong on that, but the Packers should have had that game won by halftime. They should have spent the second half of that game sacking Russell Wilson in between sips of champagne. But So don't give me... The Capers is holding this team back. Now, I, I get I get you're going to throw up the stats where in the Packers' playoff losses, they allowed, what, 44 points three times or whatever. Yeah, I get that. And I think, I'm not saying Don Capers is the greatest thing since sliced bread, but I'm also saying he's not this horrible coordinator. So anyway, in 2014, they finished, what did I say, 13th in points. Well, he, and then 2015, then it was 12th. It was 12th one year and 13th the next. So... They've played good defense. And that 2014 defense got better and better as the year went on. So, again, you, you are entitled to your opinions on this. And I will listen to your opinions, too, because I, I think I think really good arguments can be made on both sides of this. I really do. But you're not entitled to your own facts and saying this defense is always bad because this defense has not always been bad. So, in my opinion, and I went over this, on, in the Tuesday podcast where I went on like a 15-minute rant and I got in this in a couple other podcasts and I got in this over at Packer Report. This all falls on Ted Thompson. You let Casey Hayward go and, you know, fine, if, you know, if this is revisionist history, so be it. He let Casey Hayward go and he let the NFL in interceptions. He was a good player and they let him go and he didn't get a whole bunch of money from the Chargers. He over... I mean, my point here is, is he overvalued what he had. He lost. He didn't. He let Hayward go. With I don't think any effort at all to retain him, and then, and then he lose Shields, and, th- and then he don't do anything. He just sit there with. Well, <laughs> he just sit there with your guys, or and he don't do anything. I mean, he made two moves. One was he promoted Herb Waters from the practice squad, a college wide receiver, which was laughable. 
And then at, uh, before the Atlanta game, he signed the aforementioned Benny Benwickery to the practice squad. That was his moves. I'm sorry, you're not going to go to a Super Bowl with, with that group of cornerbacks. Why not when you have to get through who, who they had to get through, including Matt Ryan in the championship game? So, to me, this is a Thompson problem, not a Capers problem. And apparently, Mike McCarthy sees it the same way. And here's the, uh, here's the answer to the question um, posed by Ryan Wood, but on all of our minds. On, on Cap- and Ryan just bluntly asks, is Capers coming back? First off, McCarthy said, getting in a staff type of state, this is actually kind of a interesting answer, how, how he works his way into this. Here we go. First of all, first off, getting into staff types of changes, I'm not even into the evaluation process. I'll say overall, based on how far I am into that, I feel really good about the coaching job of our staff. I thought our staff did a really good job, excellent job. Just going back and looking at some things here with the interviews Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. He's talking about player interviews. We'll go through the process like we always do. The coaches will be off next week, and they'll come back the Monday after the Super Bowl. We'll have evaluations for each and every one. And then we have contracts to do and so forth. And here we go. Finally gets into it here. This is no time for drama. Dom Capers is an outstanding football coach. That doesn't change. He had a tough challenge in front of him this year. Once again, the coaching staff dealt with a lot. I think clearly a look at how this team was motivated, how they prepared, the things we were able to do, the adjustments that were made was all part of it. So a lot of good things came out of that. And then he announces that Tom Clements will be the, quote, the one change to our staff. So after praising Capers and mentioning that uh, Tom Clements would be the one change. That signals that Capers is back. And, and speaking of Clements, what a what a remarkable turn. He called plays for most of last year. McCarthy takes that a duty away from him in December of last season. Basically, Clements was the guy without a role. He 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 was in charge of third down, which damn damn good. Finished second. But you know, he, he didn't call the plays. He's not the offensive coordinator. He's not a position coach. So Clements is, according to McCarthy, um, going to move into some other interests. Um, the reality is, though, his contract uh, expired and was not renewed. So that's the one change. But again, that, that's that's McCarthy and Capers. It's McCarthy is blaming the injuries on defense, both in terms of the corners and the pass rush. For what happened on defense, and for that, Dom Capers is off the hook, like it or not. <laughs> and a couple of other real quick odds and ends here. We'll probably hit on some of this stuff more in depth down the road. Um, I asked McCarthy if he saw this season as a success or failure. A really long answer here. And I'll have the whole thing up at Pack Report later today. I'm going to do a story on that. But Baker said the goal, as always, is to win a Super Bowl. But he also doesn't see this year as a failure, too. In fact, he said, I would say our team clearly had a successful season. I mean, it's a, it's a great question, right? Which is why I asked it. Because I only ask great questions. Hashtag sarcasm. Um, but it is an interesting question, right? If your goal is to win the championship, is anything, else, is anything less than a championship a failure? 
Or is that a really hard viewpoint when you're one of the final four teams in leagues in calling that a failure? So I thought that was an interesting question to lead off with. Probably no right or wrong answer to it. He's asking about Eddie Lacy. He would like to have Eddie Lacy back. Obviously, that's not up to him. In fact, he's still noted that Lacy's still getting over that ankle surgery. Um, he confirmed what everybody in the world knows. Ty Montgomery is a running back and will be a running back. I think we all knew that. Clay Matthews. Um, will he be inside? Good question by Ryan here. I, and I've thought about this. I, I think they might be better served with having Matthews an inside linebacker. Um, McCarthy doesn't see it that way. He will continue to move around the defense. And he said that only the injuries to Matthews prevented more of Matthews not moving around. McCarthy was asked about Aaron Rodgers' post-game comment of the Packers need to go all in. Uh, McCarthy wouldn't go down, well, assuming Rodgers is talking personnel, he would not go down that road. Here's, how, here's what McCarthy did take out of that. I think really the, um, hang on a second, got to find the right part of the quote to start with here. Yeah, here it is. I think really the way Aaron plays the game, especially that last game, he took his game to another level. You can talk about statistics, you can talk about mistakes, but the energy and the passion that he threw out there in that NFC Championship game, I thought that went to another level. I thought that went to another level. That's what I'm thinking about. We need that, and that is a great example of a great player elevating or trying to elevate his teammates. And one last quick one here on McCarthy. McCarthy was asked about Ted Thompson's future. And McCarthy said, Ted is back. He had emphasis on the word back. Ted is back. I mean, I don't know where the heck some of these articles come from. I don't see any change in him. As far as, the vision, as far as his vision, I know when we have business conversations, which we haven't had in quite some time, there's a commitment to the contract that the organization has given him. And then he noted that Thompson was down at the Senior Bowl. So it appears Thompson is back. It appears Dom Capers is back. And McCarthy would like to have Eddie Lacy back. And that is the Cliff's Notes version of Mike McCarthy's season-ending press conference from Thursday. And with that, thank you for listening to this podcast. I truly appreciate it. I would not be here without you. Have a great day. And, I, and hey, hey, have a great weekend, too. And enjoy the Pro Bowl. Talk to you on Monday. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash list. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite college team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.